Hey, you're listening to Featuring Filmmakers, a podcast where we talk to people in the filmmaking industry about their projects and the creative process behind making them. My name is JJ. And I'm Amanda. And this is Featuring Filmmakers. As always, we recommend checking out this episode on the blog so that you can watch the full project and get context into everything that we discuss on this episode. Ben Enke is a DP based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm a really big fan of Ben's work, so I was excited to have him on the podcast. He recently shot a short film called Convergence that's been making its way around festivals. Be sure to check out this mind-bending short film when you get the chance. Without further ado, welcome, Ben. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is, uh, this is really fun. Fun to get an opportunity to talk about something like this. First and foremost, I have a question for you. My first question is, what was your journey to becoming a DP? What did that look like for you? Oh, wow. That was, um, that was completely on accident, actually. Um, so I, uh, when I graduated from college, I, I kind of wanted to be a director. And um, at the time, I thought that directing was also like you were involved in like, uh, like everything, really, like setting up the camera and shooting and all that. And I was really naive uh, at the time because I, I just didn't know any better, really. And um and so then, uh, as I was, you know, I was shooting uh, nonprofit videos and and um, little doc, like one man band doc videos in college. Um, and when I graduated, I got asked to shoot a little like feature film. And the email said, "Hey, we really like your stuff. We're looking for a director of photography for this movie. Are you interested?" And the first thing I did was I Googled, like, what is a director of photography? Because I didn't, like, know. Um, and, yeah, so I, I, I Googled that and, and saw that it was kind of, you know, someone who was involved in the camera department and the lighting department and, and runs those things and has that sort of creative input on the process. And that, to me, seemed more interesting than, like, directing talent and performances and creating a story. It's creating a story, but kind of in a different way. Um, and so I tried that and I really enjoyed it and, um, kind of dabbled in that every now and every now and then I did a lot of one man band stuff still for a few years. Um, and then I shot a little short film in 2016, I think it was, um, for a director that I really respect. And, um, after that, I kind of figured, well, if, if he, um, called me to shoot his film, uh, he must have seen something in me that was like worth pursuing. And so I just kind of quit all the one man band stuff that I was doing, all the doc kind of stuff and uh, just decided to pursue cinematography full time. Well, let's dive into your project, uh, Convergence, which is a short film that you DP'd. When did you make this? Uh, interestingly enough, so this uh, we shot Convergence in November of 2020. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how this project came to be? Yeah, so the director, Zechariah Thermosgaard, he had, him and I had wanted to collaborate on something for a really, really long time. Um, I had actually been an editing intern for him many, many years ago when I first started. Um, and then we kind of parted ways and followed each other on Instagram, and, and he kept seeing the stuff I was shooting and, and said, hey, man, we're going to collaborate on something together sometime here. And uh, the stars aligned, and uh, he came up with this project to me. He said, I've got this kind of multiverse uh, drama, character drama that we, uh, I think you'd be a good fit for. Uh, and I read the script and I, I absolutely loved it. And I said, you know, I'll, I'm going to make it happen. Whatever, whatever we need to do, I'm going to make it happen. Cause this is a really cool concept for a film. 
at what point in in like the project so you talked to he brought the script to you were you like the first person to um kind of join onto this crew or uh at what point did you join the project yeah uh zachariah had wanted me on uh as early as possible mostly just because he was uh really excited to, to get me locked in for it and wanted to make sure i could do it and um but also because you know he had been stewing on it for a while it had been locked down and you know still i think jobs had just started coming back um for a few months because it was 2020 and so we um we had the time to really sink our teeth into it which was kind of a a good thing um that you know Obviously not a good thing that it was there was a pandemic going on, but it was kind of a good thing that we had the time to kind of sit with the project a little bit and kind of really mm. sink our teeth into how we wanted the creative to be for that. Um, if you could like think back to that pre-production experience, what are some useful tips and tools that you learned during that process? Mm. Yeah, some of the things that we did for pre-production on this film um, – a lot of it was because this was a very character centric film. A lot of it was me taking just tons and tons and tons of notes and reference material and just writing down very specific things about like, and having conversations about the main character, what is his motivation and what, and, and, and um, I don't know if we care about spoilers for the film at all. Um, there are multiple realities for this character that this character experiences um, we called his main one, the one where he's in the ship, his prime reality. Um, and then all the other ones that he kind of experiences are just different branches that he experiences. And so we kind of wanted to go into, for something like this, like, what is prime reality, Jason? What is his main motivation for doing this mission? What is this alternate reality? What is his motivation for why he's doing the things he's doing? And we kind of did that for each character, each version and each iteration of the character, um, and we wanted to, we really had those first conversations, not really even talking about the cinematography, not even talking about how we were going to shoot it, how we were going to light it. It was mostly just trying to understand it. Um, because then once we understood it, then we could really take a deep dive into how do we visually communicate some of these things that we're talking about without having to say this character is feeling this way at this time. Um, and so it really did take a lot of, it was a really great because I've never, I don't really often get a chance to, to sit down with a character that, mo that much um, and really get to explore and really get to, um, get to talk with a director about what they're thinking for, how that character's journey is going to unfold. And, um, and so I, it's something that I, I, I want to try and do as much as I can for like future, iter like future films that I work on. Um, is to really take a deep dive into that character's background and, and really understand what makes that character work. Um, because I think it just helps m inform a lot of the decisions that I make on my end too. You referenced that um, while you guys were kind of dreaming this up and getting the story together, that you were kind of collecting images and getting a lot of inspiration. I'm curious what that process looks like for you. Yeah, so inspiration for this project, some of it was me and the director just saying, here's some movies we like, and here's some reasons why we like this movie or or uh, this scene from a movie in particular for what we're doing. Um, a lot of it was going on Shot Deck. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Shot Deck. Uh, a lot of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I am, but yep. maybe for anyone who doesn't know, um, what is Shot Deck? 
Yeah, Shot Deck was made um, by the TP who shot the Joker, um, kind of as a library uh, resource for filmmakers to um, gather images um, in a really, uh, really smart uh, and easy to find way. So if you're looking mm. for something very specific, you can find something and it calls some of these images that have been submitted from all sorts of different feature films uh, and TV series now, which is great. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's just a really tool. great big, yeah, it's a huge database and it's really, really awesome for, for someone who's looking to gather uh, reference material for, for what they're working on. Um, and so we did a lot of shot deck, um, a lot of me, uh, pulling a bunch of images that I thought would work for this. And then he would pull a bunch of some images that worked. And then we would just kind of compare those back and forth and say, Oh, we really like, you know, um, the way he's lit in this particular spot or the color of the lighting, the mood of this shot or, you know, so on and so forth. And, and just kind of going back and forth and kind of narrowing down, um, the scope of what we were trying to pull off. And this is just like a side note, but Oh my gosh, every time I use shot deck or like, it, pull any references from just Google images or Pinterest or something like that. I always have the long, it takes me forever to get the exact shot that I want. So to go through, or you know what I mean? Like have, have an image that feels exactly sort of what I'm thinking in my brain, because, um, you know, you might like the lighting here, you might like this or whatever, but it just takes so much time. So I'm just, I'm curious, like how much time was that for you? That must've taken so long to go through that process. Yeah. I, uh, I like to spend a lot of time doing that kind of stuff. It's fun for me. (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, I'll spend, you know, hours and hours and hours just finding the right stuff. And, um, even if it's not the right stuff, just finding stuff that I think might work. And, uh, I don't know. That's the fun part for me. That's the part where your imagination is the biggest. You know, you. I always like to say it's like the sandcastles. Is you just build it and build it and build it to be as big as you can, um, and then you just kind of chip and whittle away at it as you get nearer down, like closer to production. But why not start as big as you can make it, and then, you know, let some of the other creative restrictions kind of kind of bring it down into and so that you're you're taking all the square pegs and fitting them into the square holes and you're just kind of grooving everything into the alignments that you make. Um, but I'd always like to start as big as possible. Um, I was going to say I, a friend of a friend is, um, in making this website called Kive. That is like, it's like shot deck only the U is it's all AI artificial intelligence. And it's like, uh, you upload your videos and then it shows you things like it, or whenever you upload a link or that you can drop it from YouTube, it, it kind of builds over time so that it, the community is what's feeding it. Um, it's in like the beta form, but I just saw it the other day. So fun tool to look into if you're ever looking. Yeah, we did, uh, we did have, uh, one of the things that we really, really, really wanted to make sure we got, um, was shooting anamorphic. Because it's a sci-fi, and it's you know, it's it's something where anamorphic felt right for. I wondered creative. about that, yeah. And uh, and so that was def- definitely something that uh, as we were getting down toward the toward the end of the line, uh, Zach was like, you know, I, man, I don't know if this anamorphic's going to happen. It's 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 expensive to shoot anamorphic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just said, well, you can just take my rate and just throw it at the lenses. Cause I think that's more important for something like this anyway. Mm. Um, mm. and so there are certain projects where it's like, if, if I really, really feel strongly about it, it's like, you know, I'm, it's, it's not worth it to me to, to 
or it's more worth it to me to have the creative be the way it should be and the way it feels like it should be and the way that we've been fighting mm. for it to be um, mm. instead of instead of making, you know, a few hundred bucks or something here and there, you know? Yeah. There's, I, I was reading about that yesterday, actually. It's, it's that there's purpose behind the work and that's what the, yeah, there's purpose behind the work and it's worth more than, you know, pennies. I mean, I've done a million um, projects, passion projects, and it, it ends up being amazing, but also just like, so work worth the, um, the sacrifice, if you will, but certainly. Yep. Yeah. So switching gears into production, uh, what was that process like? How long was the shoot? I mean, I'd, let's, let's hear it all. What was the actual production like? Yeah. So we shot one, two, I think it was three days in LA. Oh, three that's days it. In LA. Three days in two or three days in LA, and then it was two or three days. I think it was three days in Minnesota. Oh no way! That's you guys got quick. all that done. Yeah, and like during the middle of like that was like I think November was the second surge, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was yeah. that still the first? I, I I lose track of time. Uh, it was. Me too. <laughs> we know that much. <laughs> it was yeah. COVID. I I'll, I'll never forget we because we had to do testing. Uh, like hardcore testing. Um, so when we landed in LA, we had to do testing and I'll never, it was the most, that was more sci-fi than anything we shot because we, <laughs> it was the drive-through testing that they have in LA. Mm-hmm. And so we drove through this long line and then you get to the end of the line and there's people in hazmat suits and they're going like, they're like motioning for you to roll down the windows. And so you roll down just a little bit and they slip you the, the test inside. Then you roll it back up really quick. And then they had cue cards on the next spot for like how to do the test. And like that so to me intense. was more science fiction than anything we shot. I was like, this yeah. is oh so gosh, bizarre. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I know well. that too well. I did a million yeah. tests working on production yeah. in LA. I was like, oh my gosh. Yep. My nose hurts. Yep. Yeah. And then we, and then, yeah, no. And then we had to, uh, we had to test. Yeah. Cause we shot these back to back. And so we only had a day off in between LA and Minnesota. And so then we had to test as soon as we got back to Minnesota and it was like 6am or something crazy that we had to test that early in the morning. And then they were like one or two hour turnarounds. So and then we were like, okay, well let's go to set now. <laughs> mm. Oh, wow. Just wild. Dang. Yeah. I'm curious what led to the decision of shooting both in LA and Minneapolis. Uh, I think part of it was uh, talent related. Um, so I actually, yes, the large part of it was talent related. Um, our, our lead female lead, Alex Angeles was based in, in LA and um, I believe Eric Roberts, who was also in the film for a brief, I think he was also in LA, I think. Um, but Alex was certainly based in LA and, and she was our female lead and, and our production company that we had out there, um, 10, one entertainment with Yellen and Nick, she was also out in LA and she was wonderful. And so, um, yeah, no, that's, uh, I think that was a large part of the reason why though. Yeah. Made sense. Yeah. Cool. I was just going to say, was there anything you felt like was a major challenge to overcome as the DP, uh, on this project? I mean, one of the hardest things about um, shooting a film in two different, completely different places is you're working with two completely different crews and you're trying to make it all feel the same. 
um, which can be challenging when you're working with a completely different set of people who, who work different ways. Um, so that was definitely one thing that I knew was going to be um, something that we were going to have to make sure we were, we were consistent about was making sure that the film matched. Um, you know, what we shot in LA didn't look too jarring or too different from what we shot in Minnesota and that all of it felt like we were making the same movie. Um, and so that was one challenge for sure. And then the other one was just, you know, trying to make a film during the pandemic. Um, you know, everyone has to be masked. Everyone has to, you know, you have certain restrictions about what you can do. And, um, and so that too is, was, was also challenging as well. Um, it was just, it's, I haven't shot a lot of movies since uh, since 2020, so it's been, you know, it's it's I think it's just a different way of making movies, especially at you know at that time. Totally, I I totally agree. There's almost like a little bit of magic that I feel like is like I worked on some features when in the middle of like the pandemic as well too. I think it was the end of 2020. Yeah, end of 2020, kind of the same time that you shot. Um, this movie or this short, uh, I was on a couple of features and it was, you do kind of miss like some of the movie magic of just the collaboration because everyone has to be six feet apart and it's a whole other ball game. Like they were very strict on that. And, um, so that was like, gosh, there was definitely some, a little bit of that element that you kind of lose the, the, uh, collaboration, I think. But, um, and like there were pods and like, you, you stay on this, you stay in your pods. Don't, don't talk to the grips. Don't talk to the, you know, the camera department. It's just a whole thing. But, um, yeah, anyway, that, that is a, that is a challenge for sure. But, um, one of the things I was curious about, because there is some, there's some VFX in this, of course. Um, I'm, I'm actually curious, like, what is the relationship like the working relationship between a DP and a VFX supervisor? Yeah, so what's great about this film is Zach, uh, the director, is actually a VFX supervisor himself. Um, so, yep, so his company, Guardhouse, does VFX and motion graphics for all sorts of um, amazing companies and brands. Um, and so he really, really knows that world really well. Um, but even then, he had someone on set that was like more thinking in that world than he was, obviously, because he doesn't, you know he's directing and, and he should be focused on that and, and not necessarily always being the main person to rely on for like VFX supervision. Um, but it was good to, to have someone who understood the things that we needed right from the get go. Um, so understanding that, you know, this part needs to be green screen and this part needs to have trackers and this part needs to be shot a certain way. Like him already knowing those things well ahead of time and knowing what he needed from that in order to make that work. Um, from the start was just really, really great. Um, because the first, the first film that I shot that was very VFX heavy was this feature I shot in 2018 called Dark Cloud. Um, and that was the first time I had really shot anything that was VFX heavy. And it was kind of similar where the director and, um, some of the crew were kind of VFX people themselves. And they were always telling me like, no, 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 this is okay. Like, we don't need tracker markers for this or, or you know, we're going to be okay. And I'm like, are you sure guys? And it's, it's, it was like me trying to use my imagination to like frame something in a certain way. And I'm like, are you sure this is like the way we need to do this guys? And they're like, yeah, just trust me. And so it was really nice to, uh, from the, from the get go be like, yep, this is the way the frame has to be set. And this is the way, you know, camera movement has to be limited this way. And, or, you know, we have to see, you know, this has to be green, but 
you know, for reflections, this part has to be something else. And it was, it was just really nice to, to have that from the get go. So there was no like second guessing on set. Um, and just him, of course, being on set with us and just being able to be like, you know, if we just black out the whole background, that's going to save me a whole lot of headache later. <laughs> and, uh, and us being able to go, yeah, you know, that actually creatively that works really well. So, yeah. So I imagine like whenever there's a green screen involved, you're having to, as the DP, think through like green reflections. That sounds like a nightmare to me. It's just like green, like the green is going to leak in somewhere. Was that like a worry of yours? Did you have to navigate that? Not on this one, no. At least I don't remember us having to navigate that too badly. So the only green screen bits that we had really were um, the computer uh, interface Nell. The mm-hmm. circular kind of computer interface. So that was green screen. Yeah. And then outside the um, cockpit windows was green screen as well. So you mentioned uh, you shot on anamorphics, um, but I'd love to hear a little bit more. Which anamorphics were they? What was your camera body? Let's let's hear about the rig a little bit. Yeah, so we shot on the Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro, which is a camera that I own um, simply because I owned it and <laughs> we didn't have to pay to rent it. Um and then the, the anamorphics were the Zelmus Apollo, uh, Ukrainian anamorphics um, from uh, Cinemechanics. And at the time, they were one of only three sets in the United States. Oh, nice. Um, and so they were very cool. rare. I think they're still very, very rare. Um, but at least at the time we shot that, there was, there was only a few sets that existed in the whole world. And, uh, That's we so cool. Lucky, we were lucky enough that Steve Spears at Cinemechanics had a set. Um, cause yeah. he's awesome. He's a good and, dude. Um, shout out to Cinemechanics. Shout out to Steve. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they, um, I had used them on a Western, um, and had really, really, really loved them on that film. Um, they were, you could get close focus with them, which is a really hard thing to do with anamorphics. Um, and so they allowed us to be close and, and intimate with the camera work, which is something that I prefer. Um, cause I think there's something to be said for when you put the camera like physically close to someone, like how that makes you feel. Um, and so being able to shoot anamorphic and still physically be close to the characters was something that was really important for us. And I think and those were really the only lenses that could allow us to do that with outside of using like diopters for other anamorphics. Um, and so for, for that reason alone, they were they were awesome. But then the image also looks really, really, really nice. When looking back at the production process, like what's one of your favorite sort of memories, your favorite sort of things, wins, if you will? Uh, the spaceship design was, uh, so that spaceship, uh, I can send you guys pictures if you want to see it, was built in a garage. Um, I was curious about that. I was like, <laughs> is this a studio? Like what did they end up doing for that? Yeah, it was a it was a garage, and uh, Kurt and, and his team would would work on that for days and days and days and days and days and days and days. And um, I remember they had sent us the first like screen like picture they had taken of just like the skeleton of the ship, um, and then they were texting us pictures while we were in LA as they were finishing it up um, because they were. Um, putting the final touches on it as we were in LA and and so we were they would send us pictures and they would ask for feedback from us and you know I would give them input on I think we had a pre I think we had a meeting there before we went to LA 
just to be like where lights would go, like on the cockpit and then on the dashboard and the running lights there, on, you know, on the sides and how we were going to light it on the inside and making sure that we had all the kind of necessary pieces in place to make sure that it would also look the way we wanted it to look. Um, and because uh, we had a lot of references from uh, from First Man and, and of course, Star Wars and, mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. these things, just, you know, how mm-hmm. we wanted our spaceship to look and the inside of it. And the concept art for it was amazing. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really cool to see it. Cause I mean, I think I had seen it once before I'd stepped on set for the day we shot there. Um, and it was just like a, a hull and like some, this just, I got like the skeleton of the ship. And so once I stepped back on there on the day we shot it, I was like, Whoa, this is cool. <laughs> like, this is cool. What a gift um, to be able to work with other talented people and, and see what they do and then walk in and, and then you get like, man, I get to capture this. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's so cool. They made our job really easy. Um, they just made a beautiful ship, yeah. So w- with shooting on anamorphics again, I'm, I'm still thinking about that. But like the with lighting, that is, it becomes a huge consideration because every light that is in the shot can create, you know, a flare or, or create something through the lens. So I imagine like throughout this whole lighting process, was it a new challenge for you? Were you kind of used to it? Uh, how did you go about lighting? Yeah, and so a lot of our, we wanted our lighting on Earth to feel different than our lighting on, um, on in space. Um, that was a big thing that we had talked about is making sure that those two worlds felt very separate. Um, when it came down to the way we moved the camera, the way we lit it. Um, so we wanted Earth and those realities to feel almost dreamlike in a way. Um, and so there's a lot of big blooming flares and, and you, uh, there's highlights are, are quite bloomy. And um, you notice that very, very prominently in um, the first uh, the first reality that we visit, which is him and his father um, watching, watching the news. And how did you achieve that? Uh, a lot of that was done with filtration, just, uh, you know, super mist filters that kind of bloom the highlights in a specific way. And, um, and then just you know, shooting into the light and the sources of light and, and not really, uh, I guess, I guess really embracing the directness of the light hitting the lens and embracing the flares and embla- embracing the imperfections and the messiness of it. Um, and then when we come back to the ship, it's very stale. It's very clean. It's very, uh, the camera doesn't move. Um, and all of it feels more calm. And then you go back to these other realities and it feels a little bit chaotic again. Um, and even with the way it's cut, you can see that too. Like the cutting jumps back and forth between like different moments. Um, it's very fractured. And we wanted the cinematography to feel that same way on Earth. And then when we're in space, everything feels normal. Yeah, I, I garnered that for sure. I was like, I, I was feeling that even um, within watching it. I, the, it feels very like static in space. Um, fluid in the the alternate realities, which mm-hmm. by the way, this short is like pretty trippy. When I was watching it, I was like, I was like, all right, all right, what's happening? What's happening? And it's it's fun to be. I love these kinds of things because it's like I know that you can kind of take what you want from it. Ultimately, you know what I mean. Like everybody's sort of walk away is different. I would say, you know, like I walked away thinking, okay, so. You know, it's obviously alternate realities, but I think it also is saying like maybe, you know, the decisions we make kind of affect like 
our current reality. And, and maybe, maybe those other realities could have been his reality. I don't know. Anyway, I just think that you can walk away with such different takeaways, which is cool. So I also saw like a line of like choosing career versus like choosing a family life and like those different choices too. So that's another take on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great short. Thank you. Yeah, no, everyone is really, really proud of it. And I think that's the the magic of movies is that, you know, everyone takes something from it based on like their own life experiences, you know? So you had about six days of production. Was there any reshoots, anything you had to go back to? No, uh, we had, we had one, the, the shot of, uh, there was like one shot we needed to get of the scene, the, um, anomaly in like, uh, it's like a POV shot when she's on the street. Um, of seeing mm. the anomaly so we just mm-hmm. we just <laughs> i had a meeting with uh zach and we were just he was just like can you just bring your camera and we'll just point it at the sky and just shoot this <laughs> nice easy. plug it in so yeah easy yeah exactly no so then comes post-production um how does that look for you did you do you package the footage up ship it off to someone did you have a relationship with the editor um what was post-production like yeah, Zach, uh, Zach and his team uh, took care of that, and uh, so that was really nice. And then I, uh, I don't, I tend to not really be involved in um, the post process until it comes down to like color um, and the color grade. Um, and I, I, I try to be as involved in the color grade as I can be um, because a lot of the That's time great. I get left out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you're so, like, no, you please know, don't. Yeah, it seems yeah, to be. Yeah. Oftentimes DPs like don't care so much about the edit, but the color is of really important, which I mean, it comes back to lighting, like because they're the person who's lighting it, that lighting is color essentially. So it makes sense why it matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we light it in very specific ways and we shoot it in very specific ways. Um, so that when you get to the color part of the process, you're just kind of, uh, enhancing what's already there mm, and yeah. and so I wanted to make sure that uh, that that vision that we had created on set was just maintained throughout the whole process and so that's really a large part of what the color process ends up being um, is just making sure that the integrity of what we were going for is still there sure I'm yeah. curious logistically if you're not doing the edit uh, what does it look like are you like handing off cards at the end of the day or is, do you have a process? It's a random note, but I'm sure it's something that people are kind of wonder, what am I, what are we supposed to do here? Yep. Yep. So, um, my ACs, my assistant camera folk, they just take the cards and hand them off to our DIT or data wrangler. And at the end of the day, and then I try to get a copy of it for myself just to have it. Um, uh, for my reel and, and for those purposes later. But uh, other than that, uh, once it's out of the camera, I usually don't uh, don't touch it or don't handle it. So yeah, that's which great. Is, which is nice because I I have edited things Super before nice. and I don't en- I don't enjoy editing. Okay, so this film is making festival rounds, which is awesome. That's so cool. How do you feel about that? Uh, that's great. That's what we we kind of wanted from the get go. I mean, so this film was was made as a proof of concept for a feature. Um, mm. and so the, I, the feature script is, uh, as far as I, as last thing I knew, the feature script was like half done. Um, and, uh, yeah, they wanted to make this as a, as a 
thing that was, you know, here's what we could do if we were given X amount of money to make a feature version of this. Cool. That um, is so awesome. So that's the hope that convergence, the feature is, is something that happens in the future. And, and Yeah, that's um, so awesome. I hope that happens for you. Same. Yeah. Thank you. No, I think, uh, I think exploring that world more would be, uh, would be a lot of fun. What are you, um, what are you most proud of when you look back at that, at at the, at Convergence, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of everyone's contributions to it. Um, like going to the initial, um, cast and crew screening that we had for everyone was this little outdoor thing, outdoor screening that we had. And, um, I don't just seeing everyone there and seeing everyone's uh, the, what everyone brought to that project and the production designers and 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 my crews in in LA and Minnesota and Zach and his team and the VFX team and, and everyone was just just beaming with pride um, because we all just made this thing happen and it was definitely like the definition of a passion project for sure and. Um, it was just—it was really nice to see everyone's contributions all come to a, a head in, in in what I thought was a, a a pretty effective short film. It's one of my favorites that I've worked on. Um, yeah, yeah. It's always really nice when um, when it all comes together and, and and you can see the individual things that everyone brought to it to make it happen. So it's in festivals right now. Is it also public? Do you share it at this point, or is it kind of? just for festivals and then maybe down the line. Uh, yep. Just for festivals right now. So not public anywhere. So get your butt to a festival. That's right. And watch yeah, it. exactly. That's right. That's so awesome. I love that. Cool. Well, uh, we ask, we always ask the question, um, at the end of our little podcast here, but what project or filmmaker would you like to see on feature or like to hear or see on featuring filmmakers? Hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot of good ones. Shoot for the stars, like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, like how big? <laughs> go big, big or go home, want. baby. You never know. Uh, you know, I don't. I've I've always wondered what Bradford Young is up to. Um, Bradford Young, who uh, you know, DP of many many big films, and since let since, me see if I got his number. No, <laughs> yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Bradford. Um, Bradford Young. Okay. Can you, what is he, what is he, I don't know him. I'm not familiar. Sorry, Bradford. Uh, He he shot uh, Arrival and, and, Mm. um, Solo and, um, the Han Han Solo movie, the Star Wars one, not, uh, so maybe, maybe season five. (laughs) Yeah. No, he's good. He's, he, I don't know what he's up to now though. He's, he hasn't shot anything in a while, but, um, as far as local filmmakers, um, yeah. Andrew Hunt is is amazing. Andrew Hunt. Um, okay. He just uh, he just shot a or directed a film with uh, Guy Pierce uh, called The Infernal mm-hmm. Machine. Um, mm-hmm. That is coming out on Paramount Plus very soon. Um, That's amazing. And I did a little bit of second unit work on. Um, cool. Yeah, Jay Ness is a is a really amazing filmmaker. Um, he shot. I actually know at, him. Yeah. My yeah, wife James. worked with his wife. <laughs> so oh, I don't actually nice. know him, but I know of him. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Ben. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time and spending some time with us hooligans. So. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I appreciate you guys having me. This was really fun. Featuring Filmmakers is made possible by Harvest Film Company. 
To dive into content about these projects that we discuss, you can go to our blog on featuringfilmmakers.com where we have everything laid out with behind the scenes, the original project discussed, and additional episodes there. So check us out at featuringfilmmakers.com. Thanks so much for listening. Love you. Bye.